Hello everyone, Rev Brad here, and you're listening to the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. So today we're back with part two of a phone interview that I did with Nashville SC Chaplain Rev Billy Servany. Last week, Billy and I started looking at the new Nashville SC anthem, I'll Never Give Up On You. We got through the first few lines of the song, we were reflecting on different biblical parallels and themes, and we're seeing how this song really fits Nashville. So to get you fired up, here's the song again, and then we're going to jump right back into the interview where we left off. Thanks again for listening. Sister, I'll never give up on you. Hey, Mrs. Hey, Mister, I'll see this all the way through. No matter how far the sun and the moon, I'll never give up on you. you heavy when the going gets tough I'll be your shoulder together we'll run up from the bottom yeah we'll rise above hey brother hey sister I'll never give up on you hey missus hey missus I'll see this all the way through No matter how far the sun and the moon I'll never give up on you Say, mister, I'll see this all the way through No matter how far for the gold and the blue I'll never give up on you Well, the next line is, I'll see this all the way through And, and for me, Billy, Philippians 1.6 comes to mind And Eugene Peterson in the message puts it this way He goes, There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. Say more about this. I'll see this all the way through. What what does that mean? I I think that's it. It's it's, not only do we not want to do it alone, but it's something that God, I think, especially seeing the pandemic uh, and what it's done to our country of late, I think it's it's really brought out. Uh, certainly, I see it is this part of that longing of, of belonging and mattering is also this cry of our heart that said, "What's what's 
more, what's bigger than me, what's more powerful than me that will take care of this and shepherd me through to the conclusion and not just the conclusion, but a good conclusion, a resolution of where all the puzzle pieces fit together where the, you know, the sad things come untrue where I, you know, I can experience the, those things that I was created for. And, and because I know in and of myself, I can't, I can't do that. And I need, so I don't need to just, yes, I, I want to belong. I don't want to be in this alone, but I also need something that is this father figure, this hand that comes in that says, I've got this. And I will, I will be the, I, I'm the quarterback here. I'm the one that's going to, going to, going to bring this down. I'm going to bring this to the resolution for which you were created. And, uh, I, this idea that I will see this all the way through. It's, it's one of covenant of commitment of, again, I, uh, like you said, I don't, this is, I don't want to read too much theology in terms of the intention of the songwriter, but I, I but I'm speaking more towards, Hey, what does this touch in the longings of our hearts? And, uh, like I said, you just can't escape it, man. That's what we need. And that's what we were made for. And, and, uh, uh, this idea that, that, that someone that's, committed to me that's awesome but i need but it's but the quality of the one that is committed to me makes this from a theological perspective explode as we think of of christ and and the father and we think oh it's the creator of all things that is committed to me it's the one in whom all things are held together that is committed to me it's the one that says that you know when i was in my mother's womb uh he saw me that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. The one that not only is tell, wrote the history in the beginning, uh, but is also Lord of the ending. And if he's Lord of the ending, that means he's Lord of the middle, which in which we live right now. And we can yeah. exhale and sort of recline into that story as we do war with our own hearts to say, okay, with my own fear when it raises up, I can say, all right, Lord, you are in control. And I don't see how this is going to turn out, but you are the Lord of the ending, which means you're the Lord of the middle as well. And I can begin to, by the power of your spirit, to, to recline into that truth and experience the peace of Christ. And yeah. perfectly now, but as we sanctify, you know, more perfectly as we move forward. I, I, I think, uh, too, to piggyback on that, that, um, seeing this all the way through speaks to the fear and doubt that a lot of us carry. And, you know, I, I, I'm just even wondering, you know, during this time, you know, there's, you know, first there's the fear and doubt, like, will I get the stimulus check or will I get um, help for my small business? Um, Maybe even for Nashville, let's maybe localize it even a little bit more. Um, I I imagine some people were going, man, is this stadium thing ever going to happen? Cause a a lot of that was, was a big mess there for, at least the uh, last part of last year and, and early part of this year. But do, do you have people, sure. do people in Nashville have this sense of um, maybe historically like things not being seen through to completion? Is that part of the Nashville story or is that, I mean, certainly that's part of a larger story in many ways, but uh, for Nashville, does that line have any special meaning you think? Well, I think of, of late, it certainly does. You know, mm-hmm. before the pandemic hit two weeks ago, we had a giant tornado or a few tornadoes that came through and wrecked some very old neighborhoods here. And uh, I think it just was this 
this weird paradoxical reminder. You know, Nashville is this city that's always been this kind of small southern town that's been kind of winked at, and it's kind of ironic. It's country music, you know, and it was just sort of, and it became ironically cool. And then all of a sudden, this influx of people came, and then Nashville became this hot spot. And it became this place that was, it's this unstoppable, it became this unstoppable kind of cultural presence where people were coming. And everyone that lives here we had this sense of stability and, and forward motion and with the team and all these different things. And all of a sudden, these things come in and they knock you off center and you realize, uh, you know, this is much more fragile than we would think. And it's this reminder of what we think were, was, you know, it's good to have a good economy. It's good to have people coming in. It's good to have a good cultural footprint. It's good to have all those things. But all of a sudden yeah. you realize, yeah. wow, there really is a fragility to this. And uh, I think people in this town, especially, you know, given the tornadoes and then back to back, you had, you know, the, the epidemic, uh, the pandemic rather. And then, you know, and then it's just, you know, the one-two punch. And I think that, that question, what sees this all the way through, is very, very present and very real right now for Nashville and people. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. and that that ties in to the to the next part, the end of the first verse. We we hear the words, "No matter how far the sun and the moon, I'll never give up on you." I, I think you know, say more here, Billy. But what, that that brings out something when you hear the the disparity when you go through a, a moment uh, like Nashville has between tornadoes and global pandemic and quarantine shutdown lockdown economy suffering and you you feel stretched apart between these these things yeah yeah it's true man and uh it's again the word i i used a minute ago i'll use it again it's the fragility of those things Mm. and yeah you know you realize wow uh all these things that we put our trust in and they're not bad things. They're good things, yeah. but yeah. they're not ultimate things. And when they become yeah. ultimate things, uh, they, all it takes is a tornado or all it takes is a, a mysterious flu virus that comes and wipes people out. And all of a sudden you realize, okay, what's this all about? And it really, uh, distills down what, what is sort of, you know, this course, you know, it forces us to realize what we're putting our faith in. And uh, the truth of the matter is, if at the end of the day, I need something that can stand behind the promise that it will never give up on me. They can say, no matter how far the sun from the moon is, you know, I can't like, that's, 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 you know, it's using the grandiose sort of poetic language, right? And, you know, like a psalmist would, you know, it's just trying to illustrate, like, that the the strength and power of of that love and that commitment or that covenant and that to us. Now, you can yeah. read that when you read a, a love song, you know, people like, you know, I love you more than the sun and the moon or, what you know, things like that. It's just sort of ways to express grandiose love. But when you yeah. put a gospel lens through something like that, you realize that that's not just sentiment. Like we, that's it. We actually need something that powerful. Yeah. You, you mentioned the psalmist and, and Psalm 103 came to my mind, which, which talks about as high as the heaven is over the earth. And as far as the sunrise is from the sunset, as far as the East is from the West. And it gives these, these huge spans. And, 
And I think a lot of us, we, we put our trust and our faith in so many different things in between East and West, in between the sunrise and the sunset, in between yeah. heaven and earth. We, we put our trust in all those things, but the truth is we need to put our trust in the one who is above all those things, the one who created all those things, and uh, and that's that's going to be the piece that carries us through. So well, let's yeah. bite off a little bit of the bigger chunk. The next part of the anthem goes like this. Down when you're lonely, I'll pull you up. When life leaves you heavy, when the going gets tough, I'll be, on your, sh- I'll be your shoulder. Together we'll run. Up from the bottom, yeah, we'll rise above. Billy, mm-hmm. say more about this, because I'm, I'm hoping that Nashville SC isn't just saying, we're always going to be fighting from the bottom up. <laughs> I, mean, um, you know, I read that, and I thought, you know, when, 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 you hear, when you're in football culture and you hear bottom, Oh yeah. man, that's a bad that's a bad word. Um, yeah, that's uh, right. The Rap- Rapids a couple years ago, we had a coach who said, "I've got a a bottom group. Uh, we're a bottom team with a bro- bottom group of players." And it was, I mean, it blew up all over social media and everything. And it was just uh, even over in the EPL, like you do not want to be one of the teams in the bottom of of the league standings at the end of the season. You you really are striving and fighting to get up. So. Um, Say something. I think, you know, again, talking COVID-19 crisis, Nashville with the tornadoes, and, and Nashville and Tennessee has a, a bit of a difficult history. I mean, uh, we were out there uh, last October. We went through some Civil War um, sites, and, and I remember one of the messages that one of the people were saying was that Tennessee was one of the last states to, uh, to pick a side in the Civil War, and it was almost yeah. like this there was this consternation, like uh, damned if we do damned if we don't. And, yeah. and it was a real struggle for people. So I, I when, as I hear this part of the anthem, part of me is going, man, there is, there is civil war history in here. There's tor- tornado history. There's, there's national SC struggle history. There's, there's Tennessee kind of just, it feels like it's all in there to me. Yeah, man. I mean, there's, especially in this, like you said, you, you, you can't walk around parts of Nashville and not see, you know, monuments to, to civil war devastation or rebuilding or, you know, this sort of sense of emerging. Right. And, and when you emerge, you're always emerging from less to more tragedy to, to completion. Right. And, or to creation. And, uh, I, you know, what strikes me about that line, and I think is again what where that points to us as a, as a city. I think yeah, that's part of our DNA. I think that's whether you're from here or you're some Civil War buff or not, or you're, you know, or if it's the tornado or the pandemic or whatever it is, or you just moved here to make it in a music career and you're you've been mm-hmm. crushed by music city's indifference to your music. There's this, you know, we live, Brad. You know, this is just true like we live in a tragic world man we just do it's broken and it's simul it's like francis schaefer says you know we simultaneously reflect the the we are what do you say we're glorious ruins that we simultaneously reflect the glory of god's creation and the ruin of sin and to it's really easy for me to look at the ruin and i can sit and camp on that or uh, it's really easy for me to practice denial and to look at just the glory. But to hold those things together in both hands is a really painful thing. 
to say, uh, I see the glory and I see the ruin. I see it around me, but I also see it in my own heart. And to hold those two things together uh, is, a, is a painful thing because it, fa- it forces you to face what you're not and where you're broken, but it also forces you to face the, the, the glory. But it's the only way you can see the glory is to hold the ruin with it, what you were intended for. And what, and, and, but the beautiful thing about the gospel and what I think that this kind of captures in the longing of it this verse or this in the song is that you know the gospel says, look, it's in your ruin that I Jesus step into the middle of that. It's not on the other side of it. It's not once you've, you know, rebuilt and you've extricated all the bad things or it's, you don't have to do that. The point, that's not the point. If you could do that, you wouldn't need Jesus. The point is, is that, that, that you are a ruin and, but you're also one that is marked by the, the, you know, the chisel marks of the creator, which is glorious. And, and the gospel story says, I'm stepping in the middle of that and I'm giving it, and I'm, you know, I'm restoring the years of the locust of Eden, you know, as Joel says, and it's, it's this beautiful narrative that says, you know, even, even the most tragic moments are not, are not, will never be fully tragic. You can always find, even the tragedy of it is evidence of the glory of what it was intended to be. You just can't escape it. So, uh, and, uh, I, you know, I, I think that's true of Nashville, but I, you know, as a sort of cultural history, but I think it's true of anywhere you go I mean, you can drop anywhere, you know, it just happens that this song kind of captures the sort of sonic vibe of Nashville and articulates it in our, our voice. But, you know, you could go to the, you know, Fenway park and listen to what they sing or what, you know, it's just the same or you go to Manchester United, or like you referenced uh, Liverpool. You know, everyone's got these different kind of, you know, accents. But in these accents, they're saying the same thing: that you know, that there's hope, there's longing, and uh, and that there will be birth from this tragedy or death that we experience. Yeah, yeah, and so many times that the tragedy, and and especially if we are someone, a person that is not a person of faith. Um, as you said, we can look at the tragedy and if, if we don't realize that there's uh, a redemption coming, there's a, there's a transformational um, part and path that can happen. Uh, we can be, we can end up hopeless and we can, we can sit in it because all oh, yeah. we can see is the tragedy. We can't see the glory or we don't know that there's the hope of glory. And so if we don't know that there's a hope of glory, we, all we can see is a tragedy. And that's, that's I think, as I, as I go back over these words, it, it talks about the loneliness, the heaviness, the going getting tough. Um, yep. If that's the only place we sit. And I know a lot of, a lot of times some of, that, some of the athletes I've, I've eventually, God's blessed to come alongside, they've been guys who have felt like, man, there is no hope for me. My, my ACL just blew out and I'm in a contract sure. critical year. Uh, sure. How am I going to get on? And, and, and they see the tragedy out of it and they don't know that there, there could be hope for them. There could be another way. There could be something else. And, yeah. and I liked what you said because you, you talked about Jesus entering in. And I think it's important to realize that God just doesn't do these things from a distance. He enters right. in with us. Yeah. And so the, the God that we know, the Christian God, the, the God that we 
know as Emmanuel, God with us. God yep. walks with us through these things. We don't walk through it ourselves. And right. I think, you know, the loneliness that people feel, in fact, my, my podcast last week, I'm talking a little bit about the, the three S's of quarantine, silence, solitude, and stillness. And, and in that yeah. solid, those solitary moments, uh, if we don't have a framework for it of understanding God with us, then it's not solitude, it's loneliness, and we're alone. And so, um, you know, as, as I hear these words and I think through, I think through things like Psalm 23, it talks about God's presence with me through the valleys and shadows. Um, or, or I think of uh, that, that, that word in Ecclesiastes that talks about, you know, one can be overpowered, but two people together, they can, they can work together to defend themselves. And a, and a cord of three strands isn't easily broken. And so there's, there's a power to realizing I'm not alone. And, yeah. you know, to be, to be fair, I think in this song, as you're singing it with thousands of others, whether you're in, uh, uh, in the Nissan Stadium or, or in the new Nashville SC Stadium as it gets finished, you're singing with thousands of other fans like, hey, you're not alone. Uh, even if you're feeling lonely, come in, be part of this game, be part of this environment. Wouldn't that be awesome, too, if, if people coming uh, into our churches would feel the same sense, whether they're coming uh, for a first time or, or they're coming back for another time to have this sense, this galvanized sense, like, I am not alone. And um, yep. I think that's, a, that's an important message, especially for, for folks in our day and age. Amen, man. I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Well, but, yeah, absolutely. Billy, look, let's take a last, a last look at the last line in the song. It, it comes late. It says, no matter how far for the gold and the blue, I'll never give up on you. Certainly, this is a nod to the club. This is probably the most uh, overt reference to Nashville SC, of course, the colors being uh, blue and gold. Um, Billy, tell me, what, what is Nashville SC? What has, they, what has the club, the team, what has it meant to the city and people of Nashville? I mean, you've talked about it. Nashville was booming, up-and-coming town. Uh, you know, they've got professional American football with the Titans. They've got pro hockey with the Predators, the Grand Ole Opry. You know, there's so much to Nashville. It's a, there's this foodie culture. There's, there's so much. So where does Nashville SC fit into the culture and the ethos and the place amongst what is Nashville? And I, and I realize it's new, so it's going to grow into to more. But if, if you were to put a marker on it, if you were to kind of say, yeah, this is this is how Nashville SC complements Nashville culture and and the city and the vibe and, and Tennessee life. Like, where is that? What is that? Well, you know, I, Nashville is just such a diverse city, and it's because it was didn't used to be, but it's it's over the last twenty years. It's you know, I always say there's you know five cities within Nashville. You've got the universities. Right. You've got, then you've got country music Nashville. Then you've got old Nashville, which is kind of off to its own little area. You've got Christian music Nashville. You've got, you know, blue collar Nashville. You've got all these different things. And then there's a huge international community here too. And, uh, that you wouldn't think of. There's, we have one of the largest, interestingly, Kurdish populations here in, in the world. And, uh, it's, it's just a really diverse, place and as it as it begins to the city grows and becomes more vibrant 
people have established these sort of cultural beachheads. And a lot of that is done through music or food or different things, but also through sports teams. And I think this is just uh, rounding out to, uh, you know, in my humble opinion, you know, soccer is it's the greatest game ever played. And I feel like people finally feel the same way. Or it's now getting, it's our turn. We get to see it. And we, this thing is beginning to hatch and people are coming and they're starting to see it. And people that aren't that into it are now getting into it. And it's just, it's inviting. It's just a, it, the diversity. It's built bridges between people that might not normally see that. And again, not to overlay or over spiritualize things, but it just points to the, you know, the body of, of, of Christ that you were a diverse body. And we, uh, with the gospel, it, it, it knits us together. And we, it, it, it's expansive. It's not how do we form a circle that faces inwards. It's how do we form a circle that faces outwards. It reaches arms to pull other people in. And it's really beautiful to see how the club, as it forms and as it's grown, and now as we're you know, on the cusp of a new stadium and you know, hopefully continuing our first season, that all these people are coming in and seeing these things saying, I had no idea. This is really cool. I'm like, yeah, it's cool, isn't it? You know, and they're beginning to kind of look behind the curtain. And I'm like, it is cool. I'm telling you, I've been waving my arms here for a while telling you so, but, and they're starting to get it. And, uh, that's a beautiful thing. I, uh, and to, to see, to, you know, when you see that at games, uh, it's, it's just powerful, man. So, uh, uh, and I just, again, I think, like I said in the very beginning, uh, it's a, it's a great story to tell, but it, and the reason it's a great story is it reflects the gospel story. You know, that, yeah. that we, Jesus to the ends of the earth, right? He sticks his, it's not just, you know, the first thing that happened after Pentecost is, is the gospel flowed out to the Gentiles. And, uh, I, you know, I think that we, we know that inherently and on a sort of cellular level that what's going to knit us together and from that, and, you know, these things like this are expressions of that, you know, whether we realize it or not. Billy, thanks for coming on today and talking to the National Anthem. I am, I'm certainly a Colorado boy, and we've got our mountain roads and our Burgundy Sky songs that are good, yeah. but I think, I think you and Nashville have, you guys have something special here, and it's, uh, it's neat to kind of see this, the incubation of, of what was, you know, just a USL championship team and, and then getting the MLS designation to, to expand and, and then you guys growing into, uh, into this new place. And uh, thanks for illuminating us a little bit on national life and culture. And it's going to be, a Oh yeah, man. To watch. It's fine. You know, one last thing I'll say, one last thing I'll say, Brad is uh, one of the things that struck me. I was listening to this song a couple of times this morning and so I was preparing for this and I realized this, our, you know, this anthem, which is really a fight song, it's written it's written in three four time the time signature is three four and i don't know if you know anything about music but a three four our fight song that means it's a waltz <laughs> so our fight song <laughs> is a waltz which yeah. is not something you would traditionally think but it's it's a uh it's uh i just thought that uh was really cool but it's uh it just shows man uh just what grabs you and it, it, it's it was a uh, just a funny little characteristic of the song that I thought was pretty interesting. And, and I think that makes it special, right? Cause that's, that's a bit of yeah. a nod to Southern culture and a, and a bit of nod to Tennessee and, and where there you at. go. That's so, right. Yeah. There you go, yeah. man. Uh, 
That's uh, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, let's not maybe put that out too much. Like, yeah, the Nashville SC songs on waltz, yeah. But uh, um, no, it's been good to to chat with you. Well, hey friends, we've covered a lot. I hope that as you go away from the podcast, that you have a sense from this anthem, from scripture. The main point, the message is God's got you. He will never give up on you. You might feel down. You might feel lonely. You might feel your world is upside down, whether it's COVID-19, whether it's tornadoes, whether it's economic or financial devastation, but God is patient and his love for you and for me is great. And, and I want you to walk away knowing this. God will never give up on you. If you're, if you're an athlete wondering, am I going to get a chance to play again? If you're a coach wondering, will I have a club or a team or a college team that I'm going to be able to coach a program next year? God will never give up on you. If you're, if you're a fan, just even wondering, hey, wh- when will my sports team come back? God will never give up on you. If, if you're the part-time security guard in the stadium and you depend on the income from uh, working a game to, to subsidize your, your living expenses and such, just, just know God will never give up on you. And so I, I just, Billy, thanks for coming on today and, and sharing and, and talking through this. Um, Anytime. Well, I know it's fun. Yeah, it was, it was great. Um, Billy, I want to ask you to leave us with a prayer that kind of reflects on the anthem and our discussion. So, Billy, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Uh, Father, uh, we thank you that you have invited us into the bigger story, that a story in which we are made brothers and sisters, uh, a story in which we know that you will never give up on us and that you will, when we are at our lows, you will pull us up and we are at our highs. You will remind us that you were the one that brought us there. Yeah, uh, Lord, and that you will bring us to the grand resolution that is good, the resolution for which we were made, the one that, uh, where we can see the fullness of our, the reality of how deep we are brothers and how deeply we are sisters and how deeply we uh, belong to you. I uh, thank you, Father, that uh, you, by your grace, uh, have opened our eyes that we can see this story. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would continue to open eyes uh, through anthems and through chaplains and through prayers, players and through everything, Lord, that people would know that uh, you are who you are, and you are good, and you will never give up on us. Thank you, Lord, we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, this is Rev Brad. And this is Rev Billy. Coming to you from the Touchline. Hey, brother, hey, sister, I'll never give up on you. Is a mister, I'll see this all the way through. No matter how far the sun and the moon, I'll never give up on you.
Hey, Mrs. Hey, Mr. I'll see this all the way through. No matter how far for the gold and the blue, I'll never give up.